don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on hold hold on what is it princess then mo that's not real what is that swedish you knew that right this is in san francisco i'll drown it on I'll, it's nap time the year is 2023 oh i wish that laughter had value and the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not, true entertainment has brought us a savior in whosatlive.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to whosatlive.com and buy comedy tickets. You're in the raffle, I guess. True, 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 production. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores, 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. There is... <laughs> happy, happy hour the, is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing 2 to $5 at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio studio and gallery performance space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. 
Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Come watch your favorite John Hughes 80s films through a whole new lens. We'll have the subtitles on and the volume low while a panel of feminists critique these beloved movies that shaped a generation with sexist, classist, homophobic, racist plots and characters and settings along with a healthy dose of damage property. Hosted by staunch feminist Pam Benjamin at Mutiny Radio, join us 215 for 16 Candles with Warren Kraut and Emma Brennan. 3-1, The Breakfast Club with Spencer Devine and Dominic Delgadillo. 3-15, Pretty in Pink with Nina G and Allison Reynolds. And 3-28, Some Kind of Wonderful with Mel Michelle. Hey, it's really exciting. We're going to be here, 278 121st Street, screening John Hughes Films with you, 6 o'clock, every other Wednesday, Mutiny Radio. Kids, it's your pal, Spider-Man. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. But I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the rhino. I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck. And donate two to five dollars on. Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown in on. I'll, it's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value. And the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. True entertainment has brought us a savior in whosthatlive.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to whosthatlive.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in a raffle, I guess. True, 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 true. productions. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live at 2781 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog-friendly. Dog-friendly. We are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog-friendly. A dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> 278 121st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. FM.
here in .sf. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed fest right here at the Pacific Northwest Vest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need. Ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we gonna do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine, and even in the drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho... Reservations on Eventbrite. Talk in public schools. In a tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy, laughter has value and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that live.com? Comedy local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. Who wants to focus on the genre of stand-up comedy and those that, who's that? <laughs> Go to whoisthatlive.com for upcoming shows. Join us on a
download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Yeah, no, because we're talking about that thing that's happening Saturday, March 18th thing. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, we know a couple things. Yeah. Um, I, I feel confident. You know, it's on March 18th. We got that much. Okay, we got a day. 8 p.m. Uh, eight, day. We got a time. Cool. Okay. That Mutiny Radio. We got a place. Uh, Where's that? Mutiny Radio. Oh, I think it's uh, 2781 21st Street. Oh, yeah, because I got to put it on the poster. Okay. Uh, $25. Uh, it's pretty reasonable. You might not. Well, plus, you know, who's going to be headlining is Lauren Kraut. What? Yeah. But it's pretty important. What are we going to call that? I don't know. What are we going to call the show? I don't know, because it it's got to be something big and epic, because she's you been know. to, like, Cobb's Punchline. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. Place, you got to right? think Kraut of the Box. Wow. Huh? What if it was more like a like a Krautastic voyage? Oh, that's some pretty Krautical thinking on your part, Dominic. <laughs> I kraut hardly wait to go see that show. Uh, one, two, three strikes your kraut. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm be, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here and let's just call it Mutiny Radio presents Lauren Kraut. That How about great. that? Oh, it's very straight, very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. I right? guess if you yeah. want to be all business about it. Ooh, Ooh business. So it'll, it'll be like Mutiny Radio presents your headliner Lauren Kraut Saturday March 18th at uh. 8 p.m. Featuring, at, featuring Pam Benjamin. Featuring the one and only Pam Benjamin. $25 APM. Cool. And it's at... Crowd of this world. Crowd about... Crowdfunding campaign. Lauren store for you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that That's one's good.
about everybody goes to the cafe black rose to drink party and eat and if you ain't down you better not hang around else you sure as hell will get beat the grease is nice and at a decent price and all the bitches is fine uniradio.fm pound round sound going down and around and around in the big town with the big sound Jazz is so sweet, you'll be patting your feet while sipping on a cold glass of wine. You can cop your bag of grief or skag and even some coke or some hash. But don't ask for no credit or they'll tell you forget it, cause hustlers only deal in cold cash. We had just finished greasing when the bitches started teasing for us to split and lay. Spoon's cunt collar was tight, which is understandably right after serving three years in a day. We about ready to split when I dug brother Harmony Grit. A runner from the south side of town. He was coming our way, so I figured we'd lay and hear about the happenings going down. Brother Grit was hip to all kinds of shit. I mean, there wasn't nothing he didn't know. He knew every hustler's name, including his game, and who did or didn't keep dough. We traded jive and slapped each other. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Hey, everybody. Uh, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, will be joining us rather shortly, soon. Wow. English is my first language. I promise you. So you're listening to MutinyRadio.fm and .sf, and I'm your host this afternoon, Pam Benjamin. I'm going to bring you talk. We're just, Latoya and I are going to talk. <laughs> We're going to air it out, a little bit of... Spill the tea, a little bit of free therapy, you know if you know what I'm saying. Oh, we'll listen to the commercials. She's she's probably almost here. So yeah, things are changing. People are getting COVID again, everybody. Oh, it's back. But I don't are they is it just a cold now? Are we all worried we're gonna die? All right. I hope everybody's vaccinated. You should be. Now I guess it's like the flu. I don't know what's happening. We all live in a simulation. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We're going to be back with uh, 
be talking in AltaCast and some Call Me Tim kind of stuff. Um, lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites Comrade. Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing two to five dollars at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Come watch your favorite John Hughes 80s films through a whole new lens. We'll have the subtitles on and the volume low while a panel of feminists critique these beloved movies that shaped a generation with sexist, classist, homophobic, racist plots and characters and settings along with a healthy dose of damage property. Hosted by staunch feminist Pam Benjamin at Mutiny Radio, join us 2.15 for 16 Candles with Warren Kraut and Emma Brennan. 3-1, The Breakfast Club with Spencer Devine and Dominic Delgadillo. 3-15, Pretty in Pink with Nina G and Allison Reynolds. And 3-28, Some Kind of Wonderful with Mel Michelle. Hey, it's really exciting. We're going to be here, 278-121st Street, screening John Hughes Films with you, 6 o'clock, every other Wednesday, Mutiny Radio. Kids, it's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck. And donate two to five dollars on. Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Then Moe? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. I'll, it's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value. And the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. True entertainment has brought us a savior. In who's that live.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. 
you can go to whosatlive.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in the raffle, I guess. True, 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 true productions. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're giving... everybody it's 105 in the afternoon we're all alive don't worry it's all okay joined by the sheriff of truth latoya hi Hi. which microphone do you want to use that one let's see if that's the one try that do i sound okay yeah that's good okay yes i've got a show tonight in fairfax which is on the other side of the bridge, it's in Marin County, with Tony Sparks. If any of you want to give us a ride, we're looking for a ride. <laughs> we, our ride got COVID, so. <laughs> but you know, here's the thing. If people get COVID now, it's just a cold, right? Like, is it still? It's not killing people anymore. It's still an illness. I mean, it's still something to uh, be taken seriously. Like my my whole thing is people think, oh. There it is. There okay, it I'm is. much better. I, I, my theory is I think people think that the pandemic is over. It's technically not. It's just the fact that we have now uh, uh, vaccines and stuff that, you know, we're not going to be on our deathbed. But I still see that COVID still affects people differently. Right. You know, like there are people who are like still really, really sick whenever they get it or walking COVID where you're like, I feel fine. I just a little bit stuffed up. I haven't had it yet. Yeah, walking knocking COVID. on wood. Is that what they're calling it? Walking COVID. You I just thought about it. it. I just thought about great. walking yeah. pneumonia right, and walking then pneumonia, walking COVID. Walking COVID. That makes sense. Well, I'm gonna agree that it is out there, but no one. It seems like no one's testing anymore. And well, that's the thing is, hey, I had a sore throat last week, and I you could still hear to have a little stuffiness. Did I did I have COVID? Didn't test. I just thought I had like allergies or it was from smoking or maybe i was the super spreader last week who knows oh no don't say that well i don't know <laughs> i didn't i didn't test but i didn't feel sick i didn't feel sick enough and you know i was like drinking and stuff so i thought i was like oh i'm a little hungover and that's what's going on so i didn't i don't know but that's the thing too is it's like but it wasn't Whatever I have now, th- this you can hear it in my voice. I'm a little stuffy, but this isn't anything. I don't feel weird. I don't. I never had a fever. I, I wasn't like. It feels like I have allergies. That season, we are heading into that season. So then I'm like, do I have allergies, or did I like what the fuck? Anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that people are getting COVID again, or that 
you know, but let, let's all stay safe and all that stuff. But it seems like if you're vaccinated, it's just like another flu. Yeah, like most definitely you're not going to die. I mean, thank God it isn't like 2020, uh-huh. you know, or t- early 2021, whereas like it could be a death sentence for you. But even when I got it and the the, la- the time I act the only time I actually had it, you got it last year, right? I got it 2021, I think. I can't remember. I think it was 2 years ago though. But I got it because a friend tested and then I said, "Well, I need to test." And I got it and I was like, "I don't even have any symptoms. Like what the fuck?" <laughs> Right. It's tricky. Yeah. So, Well, that's what's tricky about it, too, is it's like. So it, still, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around that something that. Makes me has made me barely ill is something that can murder people like it's just <laughs> weird to me. But then it, it makes me think like in a larger scale. Simulation kind of. I don't want to. It's and I don't want to victim blame. It's not their fault if their body d- works differently, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's the same way of like. I guess two people could eat the same food, and one of them could end up with diabetes, and one of them wouldn't. But I, you know, I'm trying to think of a comparison of like. Some people get sick. Some people don't. Some people have, you know, they've taken other meds, and they have immunosuppressant issues, and. Maybe when they get something, it's, like, really extreme. I think, you know, what it is, I think people still need to be cautious. I am still happy that I still see people wearing masks, and then I'm not wearing my mask as much, shame on me, but there are once in a while there's some places where I still always carry my mask and Mm. always extra hand sanitizer just because, like, I feel like with COVID is a part of our lives now it is sure. always going to be there and so and then also this thing also can morph into something else but it's just funny like i was watching the news last week because a lot of the memoriatoriums are ending and the covid stuff and like some of the test sites which i still feel like we still should have the test sites the free test well, sites it, no matter what exactly because we don't know it this is the new normal yes but we don't know what else this could morph into as well and also the conspiracies theory side of my mind is what are they fixing in the lab but but also at the same time i really think because for seniors and kids and people who have weaker immune systems i think we should still have these testing sites you know on the corner like maybe a couple times a week maybe not every day but yeah for us to get because i feel like the sooner we get really extremely lazy, which we are we a little are, bit are. right now, we're absolutely right. 100% lazy. Right. People aren't wearing masks. We, it's like it's gone. And seriously, there's no, I advised, like there's no, it's like we forgot it even happened. Right. I mean, like, okay, so imagine at the beginning of COVID, if I would have had the sniffles in the slightest way, <laughs> I was testing and I was like, boom, boom, boom. But geez, last week I had, a, I had a scratchy throat and some sniffles and I was like, this is allergies. But now I'm thinking, was it hot? I, which makes me feel terrible, but also like, I didn't feel sick. Everything felt fine. I feel fine. I feel fine now. I mean, I, I still I hear it in my voice. It's like there's a little bit of phlegm you caught at the back of like where my nose and my throat. You got a little so bit graphic. of Kathleen Turner scratchiness, just a pinch, not too much yeah. though. But I mean, I think. With the with the uh, COVID, it really made us question: Is it just sinuses, or is this a cold? Because of going back to 
if you coughed or sneezed oh my god and in the height of the pandemic and you did that in public everyone looked at you and just like walked slowly away from you as yeah. like you were the vir the the uh outbreak monkey a guy spit <laughs> on the street today and i thought oh, oh my god <sighs> during covid nobody would ever it was like it's airborne don't spit spit is the thing it's all droplet i've i've started biting my nails again it's terrible the stress has gotten to me it's just gotten to me. I just saw someone spitting on the street, this lady, when, as I was riding on my way here. And I'm just like, ew. I just I just have this thing about people spitting in public on the ground. I mean, yeah. I, I get it, but it's just. I'll do it in a gutter and if no one's looking. And yeah, it has to, be like, a big, it it has to be like a big fuji, like a big snot ball that I just don't feel like swallowing. And I have to look around and make sure that there's nobody. Because, like, I don't want to be that person that's, like, being gross. I don't know. That's what I was thinking about, actually, today, too, and yesterday. Manners. Oh and people, God. how people used to compose themselves in public. Love this conversation. Too. Right? Yeah. But, they're, like, when children were seen and not heard and you were just supposed to, you weren't supposed to fidget, and you just sat. And if you didn't, you like know. A if statue. You, if, if, <laughs> yeah, you were a statue child, and you listened, and you looked, and you just were there. You weren't allowed to fidget. I mean, I read Laura Ingalls Wilder. It was during church. They had to not fidget. Don't fidget, Laura. And, um, you know, otherwise you get smacked upside the head. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it's there's no there's no manners anywhere. Now, this is the other thing I was thinking. So it used to be a long time ago that children were just like fucking bitches. People did not. They didn't. They You would sit behind your parents at the table, and if they decide to give you food, that's what you would be fed. That's how things work. So you got to, like, maybe, let's say, our grandparents' grandparents. Definitely beaten. Definitely bear, bear, bear the, the rods, spoil the, the child. child. So it was part <laughs> of the thing. And became, finish your plate. Yeah, you better fucking eat. Yeah. Because, well, there isn't enough. But that, I think that came from a time of scarcity as well. Yeah, that does. But, but I still believe in that. I know yeah. for a fact that my grandparents were hit. I know for a fact that my parents were hit. I was rarely hit and now the new generation never hit no violence in the family okay it's so that i'm like i maybe we should start beating kids again i'm going to have to second this motion (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble by saying that and no we're not talking about abuse no because i at two i used to get my butt beat um sometimes it wasn't wanted i will agree but there were some times where like for example when we we would go to mass and i would kind of cut up and start banging my feet against the pews and Mm. being obnoxious my grandmother would pinch me and give me that mother if you do make a sound i'm a mm, yeah don't make us look bad yeah you know don't you mm, and you know I would sometimes would have to get the switch from the tree. It Whoa. wasn't it wasn't like every little thing that I did I was getting whooped. No. But I wish there was a little bit more conversation and dialogue which I do I like what parents do with that now. But you also cannot treat your kids like your friends. Right. And I do believe in scaring the shit out of your kids. Well, Okay, so I saw this on the bus yesterday, and I, I was thinking, like, all right, this is a mom. So it, she was holding her child, and her child starts 
hitting her. And she was like, kind of like playing, like, oh, no, 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 no. And it like didn't stop. And she ended up putting him down in the baby cart and like strapping him up in. So basically like restraining him in his baby (laughs) cart as opposed to, and this was like a two and a half year old. But that's when you start teaching them no and put your hands. There was some parenting stuff happening here. And then I was like, so we're okay with restraining children without their, you know, it's like, I have no idea. I'm so glad I don't have a dog in the fight, really, that I'm never going to have kids. Because it's, I I mean, I can't even. This is. As a a nanny, I understand, I understood that. I, I just did things differently because I was being paid and all the time was my own. Yeah. Like and those are other people's kids so you can't right, you really can't, you can't do anything. You could scare them. You could scare them. <laughs> well, and yeah, you know, you never shake a baby but you can shiver them. Yeah. You can shiver, shake a child. Like, Why won't you go to sleep? That see that's that's, that's pretty scary. That's, that too. that's exactly what I'm talking about, especially if you're talking about someone like 3 4 to like 11. <laughs> yeah. You know, where it's just like do you hear what I'm talking to? You guys can't see me doing this yeah. right now, but yeah. I, you know, just like stern shake, not shake there till their brains are out. No, or I'm not I, talking about that, but that's I think a little it's bit the, of fear. The fear, exactly. I think it's the fear, and I don't think that we instill that fear into children anymore. And it's not the bad. It's not the bad kind of fear. It's the fear of you're doing wrong. Right, right, Sorry, right. You're disappointing me in some way, and I have to let you know that. But that's the thing. I don't think these kids care if they disappoint anyone. Honestly, Gen Zers, I don't think they give a fuck if they disappoint people. They're, they don't do things very well. Their first effort is like, well, I'm done. And then if, if you say that that's not good enough, they go, well, well fuck you. It's like, what? It, well, there's no, well, there's now, no fear anymore. Well, now the Gen Zers, what, what's younger than G- Gen Zers now, because those would be the ones that are like preteen, teenage at this sure, point. like the 18-year-olds y- Yeah, or maybe younger than that. Yeah. But what are I, will s- I will say Gen Zers, because those are the, that's the group that mostly grew up with the internet, or no, did grow did up, grow with, up the in- internet, with the internet, yeah. did have, I guess my generation, the millennials are the ones that like, everyone's special and everyone gets a gold star. No. You're not special, and that's not how life works. And then it also it became uh, transferred into the Gen Zers, where it's just like let's just talk about this and communicate, and no no kind of punishment, you sure, know. Right. Ra- ab- r- rather, like I remember my friends were doing. You know, my, I put my mom put me on timeout or I'm grounded, you know. Whereas I would hear people with teenagers or younger preteens now. Just like let's just sit and talk, let's just and I'm like that's good. Yeah. That's communicating is good, but also with that communication needs to be. Known here's that how you fucked up, and here's how you shouldn't do part. it again. This this is this behavior didn't work for. It might have worked for you, but it didn't work for everybody else. And I think that maybe that's the thing that's hard for people to see is that the behavior that works for me to get what I want might not. It might not work for other people. That was the other thing I was thinking about, selfishness. And, like, it is easier to just think about yourself 
and not worry about how your decisions affect other people at all. It's easier. And I was talking to one of my buddies, and he's kind of seeing this new girl, and he was like, she already lied to me. Like, why not just be honest? But, I mean, it's, and he's like, I could lie too. I guess I'll just lie. And he's like, you know, I'll just. So it's like, it is, you can, getting your own needs met can oftentimes hurt other people. Mm-hmm. And if you don't acknowledge that, that, I think that's a problem. But then I don't think they care. I don't think they care that they're hurting other people. If you're on the other end of the stick and they've done something and you're like, oh, and they don't care. They don't care that yeah. you're, and if you bring it to them, they block you or they, they <laughs> you know, they block your number and they're like, I don't fucking care. Ignore the problem rather than, you know, confront it. And I think that's so, we're becoming so desensitized to that by just hitting a block button or just ignoring the issue, which I used to be really good about ignoring my issues. Um, but I didn't hit that block button. It is but so, it sucks when your number, I didn't even know that my number was blocked for the longest time. <laughs> and now I know. And I feel so stupid. But I'm so glad because all those texts went to nothing. They went to the government or something. I don't know. But they didn't go to that person. But I feel, I hate to know. I hate knowing that I've been blocked. I hate that. Maybe bl- being blocked is like a new form of discipline that we're just not, <laughs> I don't know, savvy about. But I, th- like I think it's that, like, I'm that annoying to that person. I'm so annoying to that person that they'd rather, they want, so that I have no, I have, like, very few means of communication. Anyways, it just makes me feel like so just not worth anything. Come on. Did you, going back to, I, I don't know if you, I've answered this, you've answered this before, but you said, going back to the parents thing, you said you were, uh, sometimes you were spanked. Do you remember like one of the last times? Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember vividly, and it was all my fault. I went to the Golden State with my brother. And we had gotten a ride from Kathy Wofford. And I, this I was like in second grade. So my brother was like in third grade. And we would we got a ride from Kathy Wofford there. And then my brother was on the phone with somebody. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go home with Kathy Wofford. She's leaving early because her feet hurt. And I'm going to get this ride. And something else was happening. Like there was... I wanted to go home with Kathy for whatever reason. <laughs> and I didn't want to be at the Golden Skate anymore. And I tried to com- I tried to let my brother know, but he was ignoring me so assiduously. It puts a little responsibility onto him for that too. Well, because I tried to tell him. I tried to tell him that I'm going to go home with Kathy. She's going to give me a ride. Her mom is because my feet hurt, and I'm going. And then... Um, I got a ride home. And then I realized when I was home and no one was home, no one was home, that I was in trouble because I was at home, no one was there. That meant my parents probably went there to find me or something. So hours later, and so what I did is I opened the garage door so they'd know I was home. Because I was like, this is a way, so this is, I was like, this will mitigate that because they'll drive up and they'll see the garage doors open Mm -hmm. and. Because these are the days where there were no f- cell phones. There was yeah, nothing. This you know is the 80s, I mean? right? This is the yeah. 80s, yeah. yeah. This was like 
probably 1980, yeah, 83, mm-hmm. 84, maybe. No, 82, 83. Yeah, something. Yeah. So, yes, I'm talking about it. So, 80s disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> so, my parents, they finally get home and they see that the door is open you and they're like, the thank sign. God she's here. And they were pissed because they couldn't find me at the Golden Skate. And the whole Golden Skate is looking for me. But here's the thing. My brother's a fucking asshole. He could have easily just paid attention to me. He didn't have to fucking ignore me like he always does. Cool guy, ignore your sister. She's not pretty enough or cool enough to hang out with you or your friends or do anything ever. Never good enough because now you're a Jesus Christian. Are you you a pastor? Are you giving sermons? Well, I'm headlining fucking cobs, you asshole. Fuck my family. No, seriously, <laughs> my brother is such a cocksucker. And he's, oh, I'm the pastor. And his fucking sermon was on judgment. You judgy oh motherfucker. <laughs> you fucking, he, I'm not going to say my brother ruined my life, but pretty fucking much by not ever accepting me, not wanting to hang out with me, having all the cute friends, being popular at church. And what happens to me? Shoved to the side. Fucking trying to commit suicide for him 17 because I don't have any friends and nobody likes me. And he's got this huge fucking friend group and they're all a part of church all the church people like each other but guess who they don't like you and And he didn't stand up for you like hey i'm the only one that's never said i was pretty he always had different friends he was he was friends with cute guys and he never let me date anybody he never talked to me he changed high schools to get away from me whoa my own family okay that went to the same high school freshman he was there freshman year i got there freshman year he was sophomore the idiots at the fucking school put us in the same biology class because guess what i'm fucking smarter Smarter. than you you know but i could never be recognized for being smarter or being more talented or being anything it was always and it was like ah so wait a minute okay this is for the first i'm learning about this but i want to go back to finishing off oh how i got beat yeah yeah because so my parents finally came home and they i uh, my mom she was like go get a belt Choose one. Choose one of your belts. <laughs> and choose so the softest I, one. <laughs> so I chose one that was like stretchy, that had these metal ends. Ouch. And she was like, she was like, I can't beat you with this, uh, which I thought <laughs> you, was a very funny. And, you got um, the most painful one. Well, I didn't. She didn't use that because obviously. It, it but I thought it was slappy and red. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, this doesn't work. <laughs> like it's not gonna be like leather. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, I got I, I got spanked used to spank us with a wooden spoon and stuff. But that was the time that I remember, like, yeah, I fucked up. I done fucked up. Because he didn't notice. I was he trying. Didn't notice you. I was trying to tell him that I was leaving with Kathy Wofford. You know? Was he? Here's it, the other thing. I have a fucking photographic memory. I remember every single detail in this fucking memory. I remember everything from my childhood. And that's why I love getting drunk, because then I don't remember shit. <laughs> it sucks remembering everything all the time. It sucks. Because I have conversations with people and I just replay them over and over because I remember them exactly how they happened. So then I reanalyze and overanalyze what happened. These people don't remember these things at all. I bet none one in my family remembers this moment except me. And it was fucking real. But then that makes me feel crazy because I'm like, am I the only? But maybe no. it didn't happen. I'm the only one that remembers it. How is that possible? But I remember it vividly. I remember everything. I remember exactly the way the house looked. I remember when I thought about, I gotta open the garage door because that way they'll know that I'm here. And it's yeah. The 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 reason why I wanted you to finish off is what you're talking about is 
because that that is an era for those who don't know the 80s and the 90s are an era where kids would start missing yeah <laughs> and so that you know kidnapping was a big thing and so i remember i got spanked once because i wasn't where i needed to supposed to be and i deserved it probably not as hard uh but it was i put the fear into my parents of i don't know where the fuck you would have been i was scared shitless and so for you not to do that anymore you know this is here's the punishment yeah don't fucking do that shit it was one of the worst beatings i remember i got but it also taught me that maybe i should start calling people (laughs) you know this is pre-cell phone too so this is you know, yeah, this phone. is pre-cell phone. This is, this you know, is absolutely pre-cell phone. Pay, pay phone or if, if the place would allow you to use the phone number, you know, or use their phone, you could do so. Yes. You know, or I remember I got beat and this is when I had a pager. <laughs> My pager wasn't working. I remember I got in trouble. But going back to why your parents did that, it, I could see why they did it because it was just like, they I was scared. Reeked out, and they were gone for hours. So that was the thing that made me so nervous: is that the golden skate time ended. The whole place, the whole place closed time wise, and they still weren't home. Like it was getting later, and I was there at home alone, and I wasn't nervous about being home alone. I was nervous because I was like, my parents are going to fucking kill me. You knew, <laughs> I knew, I knew I done fucked up, and but that was the thing: is that what I learned is that my brother is it's, a pile of dog shit. I was just getting ready to go I back learned. to your brother. Yeah. <laughs> because I haven't, I, just for some reason, I'm getting this visual of like, he's on the payphone trying to talk to someone. And you're like, hey, yeah. hey. I'm, and he's like put, taunting you, put, pushing you out of the yeah, way uh-huh. and stuff. It's just like, get out of here, kid, whatever. And right. I'm like, I'm trying to let you know something. Because yeah. that's, it kind of sounds like what my mom and her sisters, like when they would get in trouble because someone was not paying attention or looking out for them. Right. When I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. you I know. was always just loud, annoying, and no one wanted to deal with me. That's how I feel about, that's how I still to this day feel about my family. That they don't like me as a person. They don't like who I am. They don't like my energy. They don't like how I express myself. They don't like, like, I'm sorry. If you would have told me I was smart all the time and given me some fucking props, I wouldn't be such a fucking know-it-all and have to tell everybody all the time how fucking smart I am. Because I, I feel like no one ever appreciate. Like, I've always felt annoying, loud, and unlistenable. Like, that I'm not worth listening to. That, I'm, that listening to me is somehow taxing for people. That it's, it's work. It's not fun. It's not... Even when I got married... Uh, my mom said to my ex-husband, thank you for take, thank you for dealing. That was the word. Thank you for dealing with our Pam. Yeah. Dealing. Oh, Growing like up, and it's hard to grow up around money where everything is supposed to be great. And you know what? Maybe I was constantly seeking validation from my peers because I couldn't get it from a goddamn family. And I have recently. My dad came and told me he was proud of me. My mom said I was skinny. Oh, um, that's nice. Oh, it was great. Are you fucking kidding me? That's why all of my trauma just poof. I saw them. I saw my mom for the first time in 12 years. And the Whoa, first thing she said wait was, a minute, when? oh, um, right after the festival. Oh, shit. You ne- we never touched yeah. on this. Yeah. Uh, they came here. They were on a cruise. Oh, shit. And they were they were docked in San Francisco and they had a day 
and I had said, oh, I just finished the festival yesterday. I don't think I can handle hanging out with you guys. I said, I definitely can't go to lunch. I don't have time for any of that. I said, but I do, I have to be at the station at four to set up and do some stuff. And then at six o'clock, I have joke workshop. I said, you could stay, you know, if you wanted. And, oh, I would think I was also booked at the Condor that night, actually. I was like, and I, I have a show at the strip club there. I'm a comedian or whatever. And they were like, well, that's too late. We can't do that. But we'll come by. So they got in a so taxi. They came here. Yeah, they came here. And so they saw the place. And the first thing, my mom looks so old. The first thing, <sighs> she, she looks so old, like an old lady. First thing she said was, oh, my God, you're so skinny. And then I was like, Jesus, you look old. And she was like, so do you. And I was like, okay, that's fine. No, you don't. And they hung out. I mean, you look skinny, but you don't look old. Well, I mean, she meant she hadn't seen me in 12 years. We all we all aged. You know, it's not no secret that white people age poorly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they were here. It's not, it's not like a hot take, Benjamin. Like, ooh, two old white women look like witches and... Uh, crack in the daylight like vampires um so my dad <laughs> walked in and they were here and they you know they saw the place and talked for a while about whatever and shot the that's shit awesome and before they left my dad said hey this place is really great i'm really proud of you and i was like whoa that's what? all i wanted for 40 plus years i know it was so good um and the, in the past he said things like i'll give you money but not for your stupid radio station but no, you can't spend it on that stupid radio station. Because he'd never been here. He'd never seen it. He didn't know what it was about. They don't listen to my podcast. They don't fucking, this isn't, they're Fox News people. These people are Republican, Christian, God-fearing followers. Fundamentalist. <laughs> followers. They are American capitalist followers that, that are white, drank the Kool-Aid, and they get the white American dream to have their... $600,000 house that is the bank actually owns it, but they have the job. and the It's the same thing my brother did. They got the two dogs. They got the perfect house that looks like Pottery Barn. They've got the <laughs> kids in college now going to expensive colleges. They're Christian colleges. They're singing songs to God. My brother's doing pastor. They're doing the thing. I, I think that they must be so fucking bored. I won't be going to their church. Well, I mean, <laughs> I want to go. I want to go to fucking their food things because they eat really they're they're rich people you know like they and i and i get it that's christians are usually really rich i guess i don't i don't know because they follow what jesus said and they i don't know i don't know why all christians why all my brothers why everyone in danville (laughs) is rich and stayed rich and i guess i could have stayed rich if i would have stayed with my ex-husband and Lived that life with the house and been totally miserable. You would have been an alcoholic or a pillhead oh, by this yeah. point. Come on, <laughs> absolutely. I'm just gonna keep it real. Yeah, I'd be, are you kidding me? I'd be dead. I, I would have killed myself. I, I was so. It was. It was so unfulfilling. But that has to give you at least a little bit of validation that your father, because your father was the one that it seems like you would talk to. Yeah the most via either internet or what have you or a brief phone call sure, sure. so to at least get that like proud of you yeah it's, it's a big deal yeah it's a big deal and that opens up that closes a little bit of wounds not all but it's still it's just like see i've been trying to tell you this yeah, i know well i just i've always just wanted to be validated for my i mean it's like when i when i 
put myself through graduate school with cash and no student loans. That's awesome. Thank you. That's and really fucking I awesome. No, no debt after my Jesus. four years of graduate school. And the first thing my mom says is like, can't you cover up those disgusting tattoos, go down to the financial district and meet some nice over 30 non-married, no kids dude. Like, can't you mm-hmm. just do that? And can't you just be a normal person and take out a loan and get a car? And like, they're just like, why can't you just be, be basic? Well, it's, I mean, it's all they know. I guess that's what people are supposed to do is like, mm. I don't understand how to spend that much money though. Like, and I never, I get so nervous about the concept of debt. I just don't like yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, that's what most parents would so appreciate, especially not being college debt. The fact that, oh, we don't have to pay for anything and you're not in debt. So, which means. You're not having to borrow anything from us. Good job, daughter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my my parents would have been like elated. My actually, my mom's happy that I'm not. I'm only ten G's in debt, thank God, yeah, rather right. than like High fifty five. or a hundred. But I also want to touch on because you you met, you mentioned something which is very trippy. So your your brother and you end up going to separate high schools. Yeah. How is that conversation around the dinner table? Like, did he's like, Mom, I don't want to go to school with Pam, or yeah. was it just... Yeah, so he, so we lived across the fucking street from San Ramon. Literally, there was a road called Del Amigo, and we were on the first court off that. So the, the baseball field and the football field literally were 50 feet from our house. What's your old address? Uh, it was... 28 Estrella Court, Estrella as in star in Spanish, E-S-T-R-E-L-L-A. 28 Estrella in Danville, 94526. Yeah, and the the fucking high school was literally right there. He could walk every morning. But So for his junior year, he bought a car or something, or they let him use it. Anyway, he, she drove him. That's, that, that, cause he didn't have his license yet. But my mom was driving him to the other high school, Monta Vista, which was like five miles away. E S T E R E L L A. R E L Estrella. Estrella. Found place. Twenty eight Estrella Place. Yeah, that's my house. That's the house I grew up in. My, my the big huge fucking house. My parents had where like my bedroom was. Like the size of my apartment now, which is really funny. Um, but we were literally across the street from the high school, and he decided because all of his church friends went to Monta Vista. Now, get this my eighth grade year, I actually went from the stupid Christian school where everyone hated me. <laughs> I went to uh, Los Cerros, which was the regular junior high that fed into Monta Vista. I wanted to go to Monta Vista because all of my friends from San Ramon. Yeah, that's my old house. All of my friends from Los Cerros in junior high, they all went to Monta Vista. I had to go to a different high school. I had to go to San Ramon. So I didn't go to Charlotte Wood, where all the kids went from Charlotte Wood to um, San Ramon. So they all knew each other, freshman class. I went from Los Cerros, where, you know what? I was popular in eighth grade. For the only time in my life, I was popular. I had this great group of friends. People liked me. And I wanted to go to Monta Vista because... And That's my mom said, friend. no, we live across the street from San Ramon. You have to go to San Ramon. So they, I actually had a friend group. Then my brother is a junior, and they're okay with it because they're church friends. 
his church friends all went to Monta Vista because all the rich kids from Blackhawk went to that school. And so that's the thing that So was, he ended up going to the school. He that went you to the school I wanted, wanted to go to, to, where I had the friends. And I had to go to the school where and you had to people made fun of me and made and I had to work so hard to be a cheerleader and try to be popular. And everybody, oh, I never, uh, it made me crazy because I, the only time in my life where I felt, other than maybe now, but that I had a strong friend group and I was super cool was eighth motherfucking grade. Junior high, which is supposed to be the worst time for everyone, was the best year of my life, eighth grade. And everyone's like, see you next, see you this fall. Yeah, and then I had to go to the other high school where everyone already had cliques. If I would have been able to go to Los, or to, San, to Monta Vista, I would have been so, I would have been a cheerleader my freshman year. Like I knew everybody there. I knew all the cool kids, all the kids from church, all the kids that were actually friends of mine. Like that was awesome. And then I was forced to go to that school. And my brother and I were in the same biology class and he could have been nice to me. He could have been nice but he wasn't. And it, I think maybe the school put us together in the same class because they were like, they can help each other with their homework or something. And not we sibli- never Not all once. siblings are equal, created equal that no, way. Yeah, it was terrible. And so then I'm this young, smart person in a class where I'm hated by my brother who's a sophomore. And so no one, none of the other sophomores are gonna think I'm cool because my brother's fucking leading the charge of ignore Pam, she's annoying and a know-it-all smarty pants, like, not right? So I'm in a school where I don't feel comfortable. He doesn't help me at all. Then I keep trying. I'm having difficult, difficult times trying to find a friend group at that school. Never really kind of sort of eased into one toward the end. But then, anyway, then he got to go to the school that I wanted to go to. And it was like, was it just like I'm just don't I don't want to go to this school anymore because it's my Pam is annoying and he couldn't deal with me. He didn't want to go to the same school that I was in. He said I cannot be at the same school with Pam. Okay, that's so why he got to change schools. This is where it's this is where the weird parenting for because I would be that's very weird to me that your parents would be like, okay, so you can go to this school where mm-hmm. most parents would be like, suck it up, Buttercup. We're not going to go through this whole registration. It's your ju- you're going in your junior year. You only got this many. I would have thought rather than because now there seems there's the favoritism that you've talked about before in your past, where it's just like just give the boy what he wants. And I see, and I have th- I've been having this conversation with my mom and her uh, my aunts, where the favoritism for the boys has always been of course, much more higher than the girls, yeah. where the boys were able to do whatever they oh, want or I, stay out late. How about this? You know? I understand that my parents have always loved my brother. They have always loved him. I have not felt that way with my parents in many situations. There. That's it. That's it. I have never felt love from my brother. He has only made me feel annoying, not good enough, never be good enough. The, the reason I have trouble with people is the relationship with my brother. Because no matter how hard I tried to prove, how about this? I'm better looking, I'm cooler. Like, he's old and fat. And he always, like, it's like, ah. Uh, no matter how hard I've worked 
for his validation, he'd never give it to me and I was never good enough. And that's why I have dyna- dynamics with the woohoo with the COVID because I feel like I constantly have to prove, put on makeup, prove that I'm pretty enough, prove mm-hmm. that I'm funny enough, prove that I can put my outfits together and look like a boss, prove that I can run this radio station, prove that I can get booked. Like I'm constantly proving because I don't feel that that I want validation from that person. Yeah. I crave the validation from that person because they won't give it to me. And that's what becomes obsessive and that's what becomes sick and that's what becomes annoying. Yeah. I think it definitely, you know, <laughs> I don't think sometimes parents realize the trauma and shit that might have happened 20, 30 years ago can still affect your kids. And even something as so small as like saying I'm proud of you can really just kind of open the window, not doors, but a window to some kind of dialogue of thank you. And I appreciate that. You know, it's, (laughs) I just, it it just bewilders me how, do you think sometimes your parents played a part in kind of? How about this? Anything he did, they would celebrate. Okay. I never felt celebrated. Whether I'm in the school play, whether I'm a ballerina on sick. Here's the thing. Uh, my brother has never, he's in one play for a second. And they're like, ooh, oh, look at you. I was a theater major in college. I wrote a play. I've written a fucking not two novels that have been published. Can we, can we tell me I'm good? Has my brother ever read my books? No. He has a friend who makes movies. He could have helped me. He has a friend who's in Hollywood. He could have said, oh, hey, my sister Pam wrote this incredible book called Voices. It's perfect for a movie. He could have helped at any time, and he never did because he doesn't see me as talented. And so imagine constantly thinking, well, I must be ugly, and I must be untalented because I can't even like get this. I can't even get my flesh and blood right. to back me up to on. To support me. I wrote a fucking novel. Do we care? I wrote a fucking radio station. Ooh, um, well, I did one. I mean, he did, he stood like two sermons and everyone's fucking freaking out and gaga over it. I do comedy every day of the motherfucking week. I get to headline Cobbs on Mother's Day. My, my family can suck my dick. Like, ah! I just, I, want to be validated and acknowledged or I feel like someone needs to just tell me I'm not good enough. That's what I need. I need someone to either say you're fucking talented or say you fucking suck. Just give it up. We all got together and decided that you're crazy (laughs) and you're not funny and we don't think and all this time you've been spending writing and creating is all for nothing because you're just not good enough. See, I, I think there's also, I know I'm feeling sometimes uh, with my mom, competition. Like what you mentioned, which I don't want to be in competition with my mom. That's not what I'm, <laughs> yeah. that's not what we're here to do. Right. But it, what you said earlier when you saw your mom for the first time in 12 years, where she, uh, she said, like, you look thin. Yeah. And then you're like, you look old. That's kind of like the the bounce off sometimes my mother and ha- I mean I have, yeah. 
where it's just like I just wanted to say you look well or something positive where she opens up the dialogue where it's becoming competitive. I'm like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to compete with you. I'm not even your age and not in your age bracket anyway yeah, for this right? competition. She's like a 76 year old woman. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> and you know, you're my mother yeah. and we're not, we're not doing that. No, but her saying I'm skinny, that's takes a lot, a lot of load off my mind because I was taught through Christianity and through life and through, the 80s and 90s that skinny equals pretty mm -hmm. that unless yeah. you're skinny skinny and pretty are the same thing skinny and pretty you're not yeah. you're you're not pretty if you're not skinny exactly. how about that and i always felt like i was just too big like i was a fat person and mm. for her to like like recognize that i'm thin was a big fucking deal and really heals a lot of trauma that i had that's good yeah absolutely i mean here's something for those who grew up in that era, Tori Spelling was very skinny, but not pretty. <laughs> oh, that's pretty too. Sure but she was. She had a unique look. No, fuck her. I, we had a co deep she another conversation. She was really good in that movie. Yeah. Um, she was really good in that movie. When she was getting abused. Parker Posey and um, House of Yes. Oh, I forgot about that one. It's I've, really, I've seen she's that. She's really good in that because she plays the donut girl. She smells like powdered donuts. And that's what he says, but he's really in love with his sister. I'm sure she probably did a bunch of powdered donuts. But uh, <laughs> she, had, Sorry. she had the boob job for sure. Remember that? Everybody getting boob jobs? Wow. I, I, I think because, it, you know, I, I, my mother and I are fine right now, but it's, I've been ha asking these questions with a bunch of my friends and stuff because as our parents get older, of course, I try to soak up as much conversation time and be a little bit more forgiving since her and I have went through so many hurdles within our lifetime where I start to get afraid like you know I know you're not going to be here on this earth much longer so let me at least soak up some positivity yeah. and also talk about the bullshit that traumatized me but what traumatized you for you to do this to me and why, you know, why sure. is this a cycle that keeps going? And if I was to have a child, would I want to continue? I'm saying yeah, I don't yeah, want to, no, no, I don't no want to continue that. Yeah. But I also want to have the conversation for my future self as sure. well. So I've just been asking people these questions because it seems like, of course, as your parents get older, you gotta, it's the roles are reversing, yeah. whereas. Sure. I am now becoming the parent where it's just like, why don't you take a little bit more responsibility? Wow. What do, like, That's hilarious. Where do you, where do you think, I'm like, mom, where do you think I learned some of this from? Where did I learn this language from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I learned it from you, yeah, mom. I learned it from you. This is a crazy thing. My brother asked me on the Facebooks. Um, he said, you got your master's degrees at SF State, right? Yeah. Because his daughter, his second daughter, Ella, who's a really good cross-country runner, and they're courting her at um, SF State to give her, like, a scholarship or something. Ooh, nice. And it's it's funny because um, the best revenge on my brother would be his <laughs> daughter thinking, I'm fucking cool as fuck, which is absolutely true. I get along with 18-year-olds, like, no problem. Like, I hang out with young kids. I'm fine. Like, I'm fucking cool. And it would be super cool for, like, it to get back to my brother, like, how fucking rad I am. What if she came to my radio station and saw some comedy or here? And I, I mean, I could give her an inch. She has 
any interest at all in mm-hmm. this, I can give her an internship and she can get fucking credits for it that and part. hang out here and smoke some pot with her fucking cool aunt. She could totally get some credits cause, because mm-hmm. they have a communication program. Exactly. So, I mean, and I was, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, it's great. I just, it would be the coolest thing ever. That would be like, because nobody thinks their parents are cool. But I'm fucking cool. And I've never been able to meet these kids. I've never been able, they've never given me access oh. to these children. Because this is the whole, the whole thing, this all started because they all go on vacation together and never invited me. And not that I want to be invited on their fucking stupid vacation. I would rather go to Greece and hang out on fucking islands. But it would have been nice to have seen. So, but they never, so I don't, I barely, I don't know his children at all. See, like, that's. See, I call them his children. I don't even call them my nieces. Yeah, th- and that's the part that sucks, too, because it's not like you did. I remember you talked about this years ago where it's like you did not have anything to do with anything that's. It, you're keeping family away from someone because of what are you afraid of? If you're the parent, what is it that you can't control? You know, right. but what am I going to say that's going to warp your child's mind? Am I going to am I going to lift the veil on Jesus being a farce? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Honestly, no. that could be it because <laughs> a lot of, you know, hardcore fi- uh, uh, fundamentalists get scared at that. But yeah. but the the girls are older, so. The good thing is, if she was to come to school down here, which a scholarship at SF State, I mean, SF State is very reasonable, and the fact that you wouldn't be in debt at all, at all, mm-hmm. and plus, at least you know there is family here, right? And someone who is actually who actually went to that school, and I'm embedded in the fucking art scene. I just got a grant from the fucking city. Did I you tell your parents sick. that, by the way? Did you let them know? Oh, my that? parents know. They get okay. the newsletter. Um, they you know they check check up on me from the from the Mailchimp, which is hilarious. No, but I I mean, I'm a San Francisco institution. Like I'm mm-hmm. I mean I don't want to be like I'm a big deal, but I mean the Eighth Mutant Radio Comedy Festival is coming. Like that's something. Right. Comedians all over the United States know who the fuck Pam Benjamin is and what Mutant Radio is. Like, I have to look at those things and be like, okay, Pam, like, you're real. You're a real person. You're doing stuff. You're not, you're not insane. You're not annoying. (laughs) I think I'm a little (laughs) annoying, but. You could be, like, you know, a very, well, if she was decided to come here, like, you could totally rock her world and change an outlook on you know what she wants to do and also too there's something about growing up in that kind of environment where it's stuffy and and uh and also just very i guess strict yeah cookie cutter cookie cutter where that's not how the real world is i don't think so no it's not and the thing is it's nice to have someone that is preparing them for the real world. Like, honey, you cannot do that. This world will eat you up. Well, that's why they sent their older daughter to, she's going to Pepperdine. Oh, Pepperdine School. School. If you're you're in a Christian school, then you never have to get out of the cage. Like, just stay in the fucking cage, Jesus cage. Stay in there forever. Go get married. I mean, let people do what they're going to do with their lives. But, I mean, we'll see. I I don't, I can imagine. You know who would. They want me to keep their hands out. I get it. My family doesn't like. Well, my they're influence. not. A, they're not minors anymore. So th- no, there's that point. There's so that, yeah. it's just like if you if they were to reach out to you or you were to reach out to them, 
there's there's nothing that their parents can really control on that anymore because Pepperdine is in SoCal now, right? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Montel Jordan went to Pepperdine, so that's how Christian that school is. Wow. This is how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know they have their own free will to be like, you know what, Aunt Aunt Pam is in the Bay Area. Let's hit her up, and you know I've seen what she's been doing. I follow her on social media, and you probably won't even know that they do. You I know. wonder if they do. They, they probably don't. You I never mean, that'd know. Be interesting if they did, but there's nothing. There's nothing really going on 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 our. Ins- I mean, there is. It's like every day there's shows, but that's the only thing I'm, like, I'm not. Probably more excitement that they had in their I life. wish someone would have taken pictures of me last night because I was hosting at the Condor and I had like five costume changes, nice. and at one point. People were throwing dollar bills on stage. So I one of my outfits, I wore these tiny little underwear, and then I wore a cheerleading skirt, and then I wore this cardigan over it, but with nothing underneath. So it was like you could see. Hey. I mean, they were covering my boobs, but then when I was when they were throwing money up at me and I was on the ground picking up my money, people could see my boobs. But that was fine. I didn't fucking care. I'm like, whatever. This is great. I love but I had like five different costume changes. I wore this one dominatrixy thing. It was so – I looked so cute. No one took pictures. Now I wish someone would have taken pictures because you dressed for the whole, the oh, yeah. the whole uh, aesthetic. Yeah, of the con because that isn't that one of the oldest. Yes, Strip- Carol Jodas. It's uh, it's yeah, it's um, iconic and historic. So, anyways, it was fun. We'll see. We'll see if I can get a ride up here tonight to my Fairfax show with Tony. I'm sure he'll get a ride, and I get to vlog. So. Yeah. COVID's a bitch, yo. COVID is still out there, you guys. So don't let the media fool you and be like, okay, you know, the pandemic is over. No, just pretend like we're okay, but don't act like it's completely over. Because there have actually been some people uh, that I've been working with who have gotten sick recently in COVID as well. So Let's look up the COVID deaths. I haven't looked that up. I used to obsessively look at the COVID deaths. And I haven't in, in, in a dog's age. Um, SF COVID deaths. SF COVID deaths. And look, it comes right up. So 1,174. That's it. Wow. That's, that's, and you know wow. what? Wow. 1,174. That's like nothing. And you know who are, who is, who are the, uh, the demographic of those who are getting sick and dying are those MAGA supporters who have still not gotten vaccinated um, and who still don't think it they want to be vaccinated.